Today on Across the Aisle, I'm going to speak with John Ralston, the founder and editor of the Nevada Independent. We're going to talk about the shield law in Nevada and how it's applicable to online publishing, as well as new independent contractor laws in California and the implication for freelance reporters. I'm Senator Ben Kiekeffer, and this is Across the Aisle. Welcome to Across the Aisle. I am here with John Ralston, the editor and founder of the Nevada Independent, which is a online news source for all things Nevada, some things national. Uh, John, thanks for joining me. Hi, Ben. <laughs> we, John, we've known each other since, what, 2003, right? That's when I moved to Nevada to cover the Nevada legislature uh, in, for the Associated Press. You were, I think, at the time at The Sun. Does that sound right? That does sound right. All right. Um, we had a lot of colleagues back then. In 2003, there were a lot of people full-time covering the Nevada legislature. The same is not true at this point. What do you think has happened over the past 15 years, 16 years, in covering state government and politics in Nevada? Well, I won't try to think back to the old days when you were actually wearing a white hat. Oh. That, 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 that was oh. a long time ago. Yeah. But uh, listen, even then, and you remember this yourself, uh, and I th I've thought it, I've been at every session, believe it or not, since 87, and I thought the same thing every time, which is there, there are just not enough people up there covering it even then. And the TV stations used to come for maybe the first week. Maybe one of them or two of them would have a full-time person there. So it just never got the coverage, that, that it should, which, which the, the people who are in the business that you're in now generally <laughs> like, right? They don't want the scrutiny. You're an exception, of course. You don't <laughs> mind it. But uh, so... And, and it's getting worse, I think. You know, the, the, there's been a hollowing out of statehouse bureaus across the country. And uh, there are a lot of people who say that's even more important to cover those than to cover what's going on in Washington because of all the impact you have on people as, as a legislature or a governor. As a, leg as, as a legislator, we always say the action is in the state house, right? And I think that's true across the country. And you're seeing legislatures implement policies that cannot be done at the federal level um, across, you know, across the states. So it's it's absolutely true. Um, part of that, the, the hollowing out of the of the press corps in state capitals, you know, part of it's just got to be bottom line driven by the sort of corporate practice of journalism, right? Uh, that, that is that is what's going on in the business, uh, Ben. And the priorities have changed in the sense that essentially, if you're if you're not a billionaire, or you don't have a billionaire as your best friend, maybe it's really hard to make the for-profit model work now. And so it's one of the reasons uh, I, I, I went with the nonprofit model with the independent when we started about three years ago. But it's it's very distressing. Uh, and I, I can make all, all the jokes throughout this podcast I want about you and I've formerly wearing a white hat. You're a guy who <laughs> understands this and you actually, you don't hide from the press and you still care about that. That's where you, it's where you cut your teeth. You still care about it. I got ink in my blood, John. Yeah, no, I know. I, I know you do. Uh, you can never come back though, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, this is sort of like journalism, yeah, yeah. you know? Don't forget though, I can cross over still to the dark side. Oh, so there's right. still time, but, don't, but I will not be announcing any candidacy today. Uh, but, you know, it's just, it, it, it is distressing because it's not just that they're cutting resources, which is what's happening across the country, but even just look at what's happened uh, here in, in Nevada where you had two legends, uh, Brendan Riley and Cy Ryan, who have been around forever, were around when I started in 87, were there when, when, when you were there, uh, you know, a decade and a half ago. They're gone, and their institutional knowledge was invaluable. 
And, and I look at a guy now who is the, kind of the, the dean there, uh, uh, Jeff Dornan, who's been there a long time. And I look at him all the time. We look at each other and say, we're the old guys now. You know, and, and, and most of the reporters are really young. And most of them, by the way, whether they come through the AP or the Independent or some of the other news organizations, they're really good, right? They, they, they want to learn and they're energetic. Uh, but, you know, I am thrilled that I have the kind of people up there who have some experience covering the legislature and are great young reporters. But it's not that way everywhere, and it's certainly not that way with every news organization. I think Nevada is blessed with young reporters who really do want to be good journalists, right? There are just not enough of them, I think is your point. And, and in some ways, Brendan and, and Cy, for example, right? And um, Ed back in the day too, right? These were Ed people Bolton. who had um, decades of experience covering the legislature. And for someone like me to come in and be able to learn from them uh, was you know, invaluable, uh, frankly, not just to my journalism career, but to my political career as well. Because right. I was really able to um, get a sharp eye on how to cover uh, and think about state government. Um, you know, it's sort of like term limits, right? In, in a lot of ways, it's that institutional knowledge has left the building and um, you're left with a, a bunch of folks who are, I think, trying to do a good job, but sometimes struggle. Yeah, well, ter term limits, we could have that discussion too, or a terrible idea. Uh, for, for, for your business. And I'll, for instance, like, let's just take hypothetically a Senator Ben Kiekeffer. If he's, if he's a good legislator, why should we just limit him uh, to, 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 to 12 years? Why, why shouldn't he serve as long as, for instance, a, a legend like Bill Raggio, who I know you, you admired and I admired greatly too? Why, why should they be limited? It's just, it's not a good idea. Yeah, they, they work, right? But the, but the consequences of them working are uh, substantial and, you know, especially with a part time legislature here in Nevada, it, it, it has a very deleterious effect on the process, I think. Right. So, um, you know, you talked a little bit about um, the sort of business model that you've chosen for the Nevada Independent. Um, can you expand a little bit on what it means to be a sort of nonprofit um, journalism center? We don't make a profit. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't mean you're not for revenue, though. No, right? we uh, listen. I, I our budget is 1.6 million dollars a year, uh, and and that's money that uh, essentially uh, we, mostly me, have to raise. Uh, but uh, it's not a comfortable thing for me. You've known me for a long time. I, I was a, I was just a pure journalist for 30-plus years. And once I started The Independent, I had to become a part-time fundraiser. And that part of my time is growing larger and larger. But it's kind of like being a politician, John. Uh, I, I, <laughs> You're raising money. You know, it's funny that you say that because I've gained, uh, you, you, know, you know, you know that despite what some people might think about me, I have respect uh, for 98, 97% of the people who get into this, some are smarter than others, some work harder than others, but it's tough. It's tough to put your name out in the ballot. It's tough to go and ask people for money. And Ben, I have much more respect for that, for that part of it now and what you guys have to go through. It's not easy asking for money. Luckily, as I like to say, I had a quality, I think, still have, I shouldn't say past that yet <laughs> as a journalist, uh, 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 as a journalist that, that helps in fundraising, that's just being totally shameless. And, and that you have to be, right? Yeah. You, you can't be shy about doing it, uh, but it's hard. Uh, and, and it's uncomfortable at times. But what, what leavens it for me is that we disclose every dollar, mm -hmm. uh, all the way from, from the, 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 the very small $5 a month donors all the way up to our major corporate donors. We're very transparent about it. We try to let people know at the end of stories if major donors have been mentioned. Uh, and, and so uh, I, I think it's the right model. I think it's the model of the future. By the way, when we started uh, The Independent uh, in January of 2017, there were a few dozen at most 
uh, nonprofit journalism uh, outfits in the U.S. There are now, I think, more than 200. Wow. Uh, and, and it's growing uh, because because of what I said. Listen, the, the model, the for-profit model does not work unless you're you're willing uh, to lose money, essentially, the way that a, a Jeff Bezos or a Sheldon Adelson or others who have done this, who have, who have just, you know, it's couch cushion money to them to, to, to lose uh, running a news organization. So we, we don't have that luxury, though. You know, we have to make ends meet. Most of the money that... that, that that, that uh, I raise goes directly into salaries, and, and there's pressure there, right? You know, I've heard about people for years in business talking about waking up and worrying about being able to meet a payroll, and I've had a few of those moments, yeah. and it's 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 not easy. But if you don't believe in this cause, I, 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 I don't know how I would do it. So there are a couple of developments sort of in this space that are that are taking place now, and we're seeing sort of live. In time, just last month, the Nevada Supreme Court uh, issued a ruling relating to online publications as it relates to Nevada Shield laws. Uh, so maybe for the audience who isn't as familiar with journalism lingo, can you talk a little bit about what a shield law is and what this ruling by the Supreme Court means for the Nevada Independent? Shield laws generically, uh, and to not go into too much detail, essentially give reporters the right to shield themselves from having to disclose their sources. And and there, there are many, many different kinds of state shield laws, and there have been and attempts to pass federal uh, shield laws. And Nevada, Nevada has one of the strongest shield laws in the country, as you know. Uh, but when it was written, there was no such thing as online publications, right? The, 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 something like the Nevada Independent didn't exist. And But there was absolutely no argument that could be made anymore why we shouldn't be treated uh, the same way. And so this ruling by the Supreme Court, which moves significantly in that direction, I think it's kind of a watershed decision. Right. So for you as a publisher, an online publisher, um, you are allowed and your reporters are allowed to, um, you know, reject applications by the government in particular to for, compel you to reveal your sources. Um, so where is the line drawn between an online publisher and someone doing it part-time from their home as a blogger? Is there a difference in your mind and, and should there be? You know that's a really tough question, and that still hasn't been resolved, even in the case that you're that you're referring to, uh, who, which revolves around a guy who essentially is not doesn't really have a journalistic background, but has an IP address, and so he can post on a blog, right? And so is he a journalist? It's the definition has changed, you know, and and so you know I, I'm significantly older than you, the purist, <laughs> you know, of, of go back, you know, here's what a journalist the ink stained wretches, right? That doesn't exist exist anymore. And so, um, and, and if you start applying strict standards to who is a journalist, qualifications, or maybe licensure, things that have been talked about, then I think you're getting into dangerous uh, territory. On the other hand, man, and this is why it's difficult, can anyone just, you know, uh, set up a website and say, I'm a journalist and write whatever they want without fear of retribution or fear that the, that, uh, the, the shield law is, is or is not going to apply uh, to him or her. And so I, I don't think there's a bright line test. And that's really the problem here. Well, it is a problem. You end up in a situation where the Supreme Court is deciding what is and is not a journalist, right? It's like pornography. They'll know it when they see it, but they right. can't define it. And right. that's a dangerous place to have applicability of statute. Yeah. And listen, as you're the guy who makes the laws. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's, uh, it, it's, it's scary. And, and this, this kind of debate about what is a journalist uh, has been going on for a long time. And 
basically, I think what's really scary about it is because of, of what uh, 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 Donald Trump has done, and, and this is not a partisan comment, I just want to, his, his emphasis on, on, on attacking the media since he first started running and, and the embrace by others of doing it, and of course the media has caused some of its own problems, is to delegitimize it and to, and to, and to really uh, cause some people to think maybe we do need more laws to regulate the media, which if you really understand American history, understand why, uh, uh, you know, the First Amendment was the First Amendment, it's a very scary thing that's happening because of, of the way the media is perceived now. I mean, I think we're, we're, we're held in uh, less repute than politicians, Ben. That's how bad it is. <laughs> oh, but not Congress, though, right? Come on. Not, not Congress, right, okay. exactly. The, you know, it's an interesting—it was one of the things that I wanted to ask you about well, as well as whether you see that translating— uh, onto the ground in Nevada. You see it a lot at um, at sort of national political events. Um, I don't acutely feel it um, in Nevada when um, I deal with the media or anything like that, but, you know, your staff would have a better sense as to whether they get pushed back from the public when they're out covering events like you see sometimes at national events. It, it happens. It's, it's not nearly as much as like someone covering a presidential campaign, although some of mine do that now too, and, and, and you're going to get that. I frankly, I, I went to a, a couple of Trump rallies here in 2016 at the height of that, and it was it was kind of scary. There were there was a real unsettling feeling being in the press pen and having these epithets thrown at you. Luckily, nothing else except verbal abuse. But uh, it listen, it's just not it's not good for the business. But what's not good for journalism is also not good for the republic. I know you understand that, and I think actually a lot of your colleagues understand that too. And it's simply. Because Nevada, even though it's grown so much, even since you've been here and, and since I came here in in '84, it's still there's still a small state feel to it. And certainly in Carson City, there's still to some extent that's going on. Now Carson City has changed too, though, and 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 not for the for the good in terms of me, the media and sense that caucuses hire these operatives to try to shield you guys. And I'm saying it generically. I'm because I'm, 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 really you, you you are very accessible. I'm not just saying that because I'm on your podcast. But but most legislators are actually accessible, but to have these partisan operatives running around the building, stiff-arming the media, or putting out press releases attacking the other side all the time, that's not how it used to work. Now, there were some bad things about the old system, too, but but uh, I think there's somewhere in between that makes more sense. I agree. I agree. There's uh, another sort of emerging issue that's happening, and right now it's in California. Um, the California legislature passed uh, Assembly Bill 5, which put new regulations around independent contractors, and it was designed primarily to attack things um, in the in, in the tech industry, Uber, Lyft drivers, things like that, to try to um, get them to become recognized as permanent employees rather than right. uh, rather than freelancers or well independent contractors. Right in journalism, we call them freelancers, and they're also caught up in the bill. You, you had SB Nation announced that 200 of its uh, freelancers that they were no longer going to be um, paid for their work uh, because of this law, and uh, you've had two journalists journalism organizations um, sue in federal court to try to get this blocked, uh, the implementation of this blocked, because um, the freelancer model, um, which has been prominent in, in journalism for a long time, is sort of under attack under this sort of model. Is this something you're watching uh, as it rolls out in California, and do you think there's applicability in Nevada? I, I don't know. Maybe you can tell me. Are you thinking about passing a law like that? I think we've already rejected a couple efforts to pass a law like that. Exactly right. Uh, listen, um, uh, yeah, we, we employ freelancers at, at at the at the independent, we we have interns who are who are essentially freelancers of different kind because we pay 
uh, our, our interns, but, uh, you know, free, free, the, to kill... There's, there's certain journalists, and you know this, Ben, who make their living just purely freelancing. Right. Very, very good journalists. Yeah, very good journalists, and, and they can make a decent living either up from, you know, a, a decent living all the way up to a really good living uh, doing that. And so it, I understand uh, why the government want, might want to increase regulations on Uber and Lyft for the reasons that are stated, uh, and those issues have come up here too. It just, there's no applicability to our business, and I, I think it strangles uh, our business in many ways. Do you think that the um, sort of media organizations within the state are paying attention at this point? Uh, you, you remember the Nevada Press Association now? Is, is this something that's come up? It, it has not come up to my knowledge, and it's, it's not a front-burner issue. Maybe because of the progressive nature of the Nevada legislature. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll wait till 2021. Yeah, exactly. The, uh, you know, part of, again, what you need to do is um, is raise the revenue that's necessary to meet your $1.6 million budget, which seems like it's growing. Uh, and so part of that is subscription. You just get general donations. You also do events. You've got a big event coming up in Reno in February. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, we're really looking forward uh, to, to, to this event. Uh, and it's... Uh, uh, the head of blockchains, who I know you know, uh, Jeff Burns, uh, uh, had the idea of, of he, he's a big supporter of independent journalism, uh, and he loves what we're doing, and he wanted to uh, help us put on an event, and he and his wife are huge fans of Game of Thrones, when coincidentally he and I uh, share that, uh, and, and we had a lot of Twitter exchanges about it. He said, let's do a Game of Thrones fundraiser uh, in Reno. And so uh, we were, um, and, and one of the reasons I'm up here today is the planning of this event. Planning events is really something else I never <laughs> thought I'd have to do, uh, including food tasting. Uh, but, but Not the uh, worst part of planning yeah, an event. Yeah, not, that was not the worst part. But, but so we're doing this event. To, to, it's our big Reno event in, 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 uh, on February 20th, two days before uh, the caucus, and so um, good thing you good thing you have nothing else to do that. Yeah, exactly. You should see that what else we have going on that week, and and the, the debate, the presidential debate, is the is the day before uh, this, which the the independence. And so I'm I'm here. I'll shamelessly hype this. We're, we were invited to be co-hosts of that, which is a great thing for our fledgling organization. Anyhow, this is our major Reno event. We have not done we've done some events in Reno, but this is going to be a big event at, at, at the Art Museum, uh, and those folks have been fantastic uh, to work with, and people are going to dress up, including myself, for this event. And who are you going to be? For those familiar with Game of Thrones, I'm going to be Littlefinger, who is one of the most evil characters in the entire series, and so I'm thrilled to be doing that. It's 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 not typecasting at all. <laughs> <laughs> so is that um, February 20th at the Nevada Museum of Art? It's a sort of dinner. Are you selling tables? Is it individual tickets? It's, it's individual tickets. Uh, what we're really hoping is... Is, is that not only that a lot of people will buy tickets, and the tickets are not expensive at all. You can go on our uh, the independent site and, and find it. But we're really hoping that, that a lot of the Reno folks will come out and see what we're doing, uh, make multi-year commitments. That's really what you need to get people to do is make multi-year commitments uh, to, to, to donate. And, and, and in case people don't know, Ben, I mean, we have made a huge commitment to Reno. I, I, I have two reporters, uh, three reporters, excuse me, who live in uh, northern Nevada. Now we have a, a, an intern up here. We, we care about covering Northern Nevada. We're called the Nevada Independent. We have partnerships with the rural papers as as well. It's not like a lot of most people in Clark County, and, and I say this, uh, uh, you know, most people in Clark County can, can't even find Reno on a map, right? They don't care about Reno. They have a disdain. I think you are overstating this regionalism, John. Well, I, my, 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 my oversimplification of this, Ben, 
has, has, has always been that uh, uh, most people in Clark County don't care about the rest of the state. They think we're the center of the universe. Most people in Reno think that Clark County is coming for your money, coming from your water, uh, for your water, and they're totally paranoid about about the South. Come on, that's not true at all. I think you're overstating it. Um, I, I think I think it's called the headline, and maybe the story doesn't back up the headline. Bury in the lead a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, look. Hey, anything else you want to weigh in on before we uh, cut this off? Uh, I actually really appreciate the opportunity to talk about the independent, and and I, I will say this again. Uh, I appreciate your willingness to to, to, to interact with uh, my staff up up in Carson City. You've always been very accessible to them, and even better, and it's harder, very accessible to me. I appreciate that. <laughs> Thanks, John. This has been Across the Aisle with your host, Senator Ben Kiekefer. Stay up to date and join the conversation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or sign up for the newsletter at benfornevada.com.